When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Select Chet Holmgren with the third pick, Jabari Smith Jr. Let it out, young fellas. This is about the journey. I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy. The lights don't get much brighter than this. I didn't want to stop until I was walking across that stage. You know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do what I do. I'm ready. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN 2. We're on your smart speakers. Say play ESPN. You can download the podcast. Harry Douglas in for Key and Jay doing the work of two men, Harry. Talk about Iron Man contest. That's right. I would take some <laughs> of that work from you, but uh, I, I'm not going to do it. I, I just like doing the work of one man, and you can do the Plus work you're of injured. two. Plus, you know, you're Yes, wanna, that's right. I'm playing hurt. That's what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm just happy that you're here right now. Yes, this is an underreported story. I am doing this show right now, Harry, with a detached retina in my left eye. Detached retina. More than Sugar Ray Leonard did when he had a detached retina. He retired immediately. All right. We have Seth Greenberg coming up in how many minutes till Seth is on right now? Is it 7.01? Depends on if you break on time. But if probably, I break on Probably time. 14 minutes if you break on time. Wow. And what if I don't break on time? Okay, 20. Kevin. 20 minutes from now, <laughs> Seth Greenberg. It was my understanding that there would be no math. So... And we got to go all over the, you know, listen, Paulo Boncaro, Vegas said he was going to go one. All the experts and people who talked to people said, Mm-mm, Smith is going one. And then Boncaro went one. Well, how did Vegas figure that out? Boncaro going to the Orlando Magic. We're going to get into that. But right now, Harry Douglas, Chris Canty, co-host of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Quite a lineup here on ESPN Radio. Said on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max just days ago. Listen, listen to what he said about Dak Prescott. Has any quarterback done less with more? Think about the supporting cast that Dak Prescott has come into pretty much every season that he's had. Especially last year. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, rushing champ, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. I mean, you name it. Michael Gallup. One of the the best offensive lines that we've seen in the last two decades in the National Football League. Last year, you had a player on the defensive side of the ball that was in the conversation for defensive player of the year. He might be the best defensive player coming into 2022. That being Michael Parsons. All I'm simply saying is, for the 40 million that Jerry Jones paid him (laughs) every single year, like $40 million average annual value for a guy that was considered once upon a time to be a top 10 quarterback, why don't we have more from Dak Prescott when it matters the most? It's a hell of a point. Only one playoff win? Come on, bro. We're sitting here waiting on it now. You don't have any excuse as to why you can't get it done. So Chris Canty lays out the case. Who has done 
less with more than Dak. 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. And we will actually take your calls today. We're actually going to take your calls. Sometimes, Harry, I fall in love with the sound of my own voice, the mellifluous sound of my own voice. And uh, and sometimes I just can't take calls because I want to listen to myself. But today, I think we're actually going to take calls. Let's hear from the people. Let's hear from the people. 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. The people are okay. They're just okay. (laughs) And the question is, who's done less with more in the NFL than Dak Prescott? And, Harry, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Is it, in fact, the case that, that, that Chris Canty is right, that Dak Prescott has done less with more, or... Is some of it about we pay so much attention to the Dallas Cowboys? Football's not the kind of sport like basketball. You know the starting five. Only mm-hmm. five dudes. None of them wearing helmets, right? Yep. You all see them with the ball and everything. The camera's right up on them. Football is different. You know the quarterback. You know the most fans. You know the quarterback, the coach, maybe, you know, maybe a star receiver, maybe a running back if they got a good one. Only a handful of dudes that you know on each team, mm-hmm. right? Most fans. So... Because the Cowboys are such a natu- national brand and we pay so much attention to them, how much of it is, in fact, that we're more familiar with the roster? The average fan, and even us, we spend more time scrutinizing and talking about their players. So their players are more famous than players on other teams. So we think about them differently. We think about, the, like, well, you know so many of these names on Dallas, all these marquee names that we tend to overrate, in fact, the talent on Dallas. Is that happening, or is Dak, in fact, doing less with more, Harry? I have to say, when you look at last year, I thought he definitely did less with more, um, especially when we've seen the first game of the year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we've seen the numbers that Dak Prescott put up. Now, has injuries, did injuries play a part in that last year? I believe so, because uh, a lot of his numbers went significantly down when he got injured and he came back. And we've seen how he played. Well, when you look at a guy who has three prominent receivers, you looked at C.D. Lamb, you had Amari Cooper, you had Michael Gallup, you had Dalton Schultz, you had two solid running backs, you had an offensive line. They did have an – I mean, the yeah, offensive like, line's been deteriorating for several years, but it still was solid. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, okay, what's the problem? But then you've seen the decision-making by Dak and then not being able to roll out and do certain things, use his athleticism that we're accustomed to seeing Dak use – now you start to think, okay, is Dak making the plays? Is he playing up to the standards of the $40 million that he's making on the contract that Jerry Jones gave him? And if you had to ask me last year, I didn't think he lived up to his standards or playing the brand of football that he should have been playing. Now I also think that when you have a coach like Mike McCarthy who came from Green Bay, who's known for passing the football, I think that played a lot into it as well. I thought – that the Dallas Cowboys last year should have ran the football effectively a lot more than what they did, mm-hmm. especially when you have a quarterback that you know that is not 100%. So who has done less with more than Dak? That's the, the, the gauntlet has been thrown down, right? I got a couple Chris Canty. Well, Jason in Florida has a name. Listen to this one. Hey, fellas, I think this one's pretty obvious. You talk about an offensive line, a run game, two stud wide receivers. What the hell is Baker Mayfield doing? What, are you oh. kidding me? Oh. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, oh. Nick Chubb. Whoa. How did we forget Baker? Because he's not he's starting not a starting anymore. quarterback. But you know what? Listen, that Jason in Florida, ding, ding, you're absolutely right. right. <laughs> but let me tell you, here's some mitigating. You answered the question. Technically, you got the, the answer right. Yep. But 
the truth of the matter is, and I want to say this was Brian Windhorst who said there was an attorney in his family, maybe his wife, who says you're you're correct but not right or something like that. Yeah. You're correct. You answered the question. But there are a couple things. One, we don't think of Baker as elite or potentially elite anymore. And Dak, and and the, and you can and see that's reflected. Have a it's reflected in his contract. <laughs> Dak got paid because because at the very least he was a B plus, and some people thought he was an A or trending that way. And so he's not just doing less with more, but he's per- underperforming expectations. But technically, he's right, man. Baker did. Baker had everything on that team. To be fair to Baker, he was hurt last year. Year before, year before, got to the playoffs, he was hurt last year. Like, I, I understand he was hurt last year, but he was out there. Right? He was out there. Wasn't like, his throwing shoulder. Exactly. Yeah. It's a ton of people in the NFL on a weekly basis. I tell people this all the time that play injured and right. play hurt. Like they, that's. But he, uh, let there. me tell you something, Harry. It, for for me, he was in a little special situation. He has he's in a, in a contract year, right? Mm-hmm. Got a, a squad around him. So what do you do? You got to play yeah. if you can possibly. But it's not your throwing shoulder. The eyeball test to me. Now remember, I have a detached retina, so maybe I wasn't seeing it right. But the eyeball test to me was Baker was not Baker. Like, if, uh, what percentage of, of him was he, right? Yeah. I'd say 70% at best, maybe less. Like, when I looked at him at the year, the, the thing I saw from Baker was when he had that game against Lamar, when Lamar came out of the bathroom, right? <laughs> People, Baker let him right. It was like a little poor man's version of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Like, whoever touched the ball last was going to win because Baker marched him right down the field. Yep. And then Lamar just Com- – He t- comes from, he, from inside. That's right. Whatever he had to do, we're not going to say – Whatever yes. he had to do. He yes, he showed you what he had inside. <laughs> and he came out and just – But I got the feeling like if Baker would have had a – You know, touched the ball last me, they would have won. So that year to me – was bit, but listen, that's part of the package when you're a smaller guy and you and, and you you're not fast and you play in the Where's NFL. Tandem? Where's Tannenbaum when we need him? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Tannenbaum? But I'll say this: when you, when you looked at a guy like Baker, he didn't have one tight end. He didn't have two tight ends. He had three tight ends: mm-hmm. Harrison Bryant, Austin Hooper, and Njoko. He had the receivers. Njoko he had was the hurt running here and there, but yeah. But I'm saying, but he had three of them. Yeah. I, I know a lot of teams right now that, that yeah, would Yeah, but what about Njoko. receiver, Harry? All he had was Odell Beckham Jr. And Jarvis Landry. Would be Super Bowl MVP <laughs> if he would have stayed in that game. And Jarvis Landry. And an offensive line. Two solid running backs. And a defense. And a dude on his team who could go get the quarterback. Like, how, what, how much pretty of a picture can you paint for Baker Mayfield to have success? So we have an answer. Baker's done less with more. More than than Dak Prescott. Anyone else? Although, did Baker win a playoff game that year? Yeah, yeah, he did. They, they beat the. Uh, he has the same the number. He has the same number of playoff wins career as Dak Prescott. Yeah. Oh, Dak, it's looking bad. This is Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas in for Key and J today, coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier Seventeen. What NBA franchise is closer to winning a title after last night's draft? Next on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel Eighty.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, Harry Douglas in for Key and Jay, and Seth Greenberg, ESPN basketball analyst with us now. Coach, good morning. Good morning. What's happening, guys? Well, what's happening? What's happening is Vegas got it right, Coach. Like everyone talking. I know they every- pump faked me. I left my feet. I got to admit, I got to admit, Max, I left my feet. I had some conversations with the Magic, too, so. In 24 hours, that thing flipped. Isn't that crazy? And why? What? what's in it for the magic to not tell people what their real intention is? They're picking first. They don't need to fake <laughs> anyone out, right? I just, but, but whatever people talk about. I'm not about, sure they made up their decision until, uh, the, uh, until the end, until the, the late last minute. I really don't. In that case, I think it takes some guts, right? Because Jabari Smith maybe has the highest floors. Like, at least he's a very good 3 and D guy already. But, but maybe they were like, you know what? We're picking one overall. <laughs> we got to swing for the fences. What are your thoughts on Bancaro being number one overall? Because if you are going to swing for the fences, why him and not Chet Holmgren? Well, Chet Holmgren's a bigger if. And Orlando obviously had Jonathan Isaac and they had Mo Bamba, two really, really thin, um, fragile bigs that they've drafted, front court players that drafted that have really, really worked out. So I think this was the safest pick in terms of, look, 6'10", 255, highly skilled, can play in isolations, a great passer, Chris Weber-type vision and feel as a passer from the front court, obviously not committed defensively. Uh, he's a guy that's going to probably score 18 points a game next year. I mean, he, you know, he's, he, his body is NBA ready. He's got to get in world-class shape. Uh, where, you know, again, Jabari Smith, a little different. I like Jabari Smith because I think they need, uh, you know, culture players. And I don't saying that Pantero's not a culture player, but – I thought Javari Smith was the best two-way front court player in terms of you call him a three and D. I call him a guy that could be, you know, you know, a ten-year all-star who you know can shoot it, who can uh, play in pick and pop, can play also in a short role. Is not a good defender, an elite defender, can switch one through four. So, I actually thought Houston got a great deal because they got two guys, Tari Houston and, and and Jabari Smith, that 
actually help them help them fill their need, and that is guys that can be two-way players. Coach, when you look at the Sacramento Kings, did they make a mistake when they passed on Jaden Ivey and took Keegan uh, Murray? I don't think they made a mistake. I thought they were going to use that pick to, to get a veteran player. I think that was the bigger thing. I mean, here's the thing. You got Davion Mitchell, uh, you know, right there, and you got the Aaron Fox. The Aaron Fox and Jaden Ivers are very similar players. You know, uber athletic, uh, downhill players get to the rim. Uh, adequate shooters, not great shooters, uh, but guys that can help, you know, help you win. Uh, and then all of a sudden you take Jaden Ivey, he's almost duplicating, where Keegan Murray is one of the most versatile and efficient players in the draft. Uh, Keegan Murray, people, again, Iowa, Luca Garza the year before was was the player of the year. Uh, he went from a seven-point game score to a 24-point game score. He went from, I think, a 28% three-point shooter to almost a 40% three-point shooter. Uh, he can rebound the ball. He can shoot the ball. He's a committed defender. Uh, and he's a high-character guy that they need, Sacramento needs, and not saying Jaden Ivey isn't, Sacramento needs a foundation. They haven't won in forever. They haven't been in the playoffs in forever. And I think that, you know, what they said is right now we're going we're gonna to win with high character, maturity, which Keegan Murray has, and versatility and instead of duplicating a position you have already. Hmm. Hmm, I don't know. To me, uh, Coach, I think you just grabbed the best player. But, okay, to each their own. Uh, who has a, So when you talk about the who has a chance to be the best player in this draft, who's not the obvious, you know, Chet Holmgren, who do you see and you go, that guy might surprise people? Yeah, I think, you know, look, the, the, the biggest wild card in the draft is uh, Shaden Sharp. I mean, because we haven't seen him. We do know he's a world-class athlete. We do know that he can shoot the ball, uh, you know, effortlessly uh, from semi-logo range. Uh, we do know that he can put the ball on the floor and play both on the ball and off the ball. I would say he's the biggest um, question mark that could be a superstar. Uh, but then you got to look and say, right, who's going to be a fit? Who's going to get the opportunity right now? Who's going to be the guy uh, that, you know, has a chance to do, you know, Something special. I think Matherin uh, for the, for the Pacers is another guy. See, I, I, I'm all about these six 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 seven hybrid wings, the Jalen Browns, Jason Tatum's. That is the new NBA. So if you're going to find a guy that's going to be like that, I think those guys that went back to back, Matherin Sharp, potentially down the line, have a chance to you know if you eliminate those top four, have a chance to be really special. Coach, when you look at the Orlando Magic, they have actually drafted well the last few years. You talk about um, the guys that they, they've been able to, to, to bring in. You talk about Suggs. You talk Cole about Anthony, Cole Anthony, Franz, Wagner, Wagner Suggs, exactly. all those guys. To add Bancaro to that, what's the next step for the Orlando Magic to turn those draft picks into wins now and playoff appearances? Yeah, they do. I, I like, you know, I like, I, I really like Wagner and obviously Cole Anthony had a really solid year and obviously you got a great leader, Jalen Suggs. I think you need one more big wing uh, to compliment. I think, I think like to me, I think the NBA is going into, you can play Franz Wagner who's a terrific passer and a, and a two-way player. He's going to be, he's going to be fine. And Cole Anthony is explosive and you got a great leader uh, obviously in Suggs. So you, know, you need to continue to develop your role players. You've got to continue like the NBA. And this is the thing, like the end of the draft, after, after 10, you know, you talk about best available match, you know what it is? 
It's the guy that's going to embrace his role and where there's a role and an opportunity and a fit. It's really that plain and simple because, you know, the top of the draft is a lot of times, all right, the guys that are going to be the focal point of the draft, but it's the, it's 15 through 30 and, and the first 15 in the second round, as we see where you see like the Draymond Greens and you see those role players, the league is a league of role players. Where's P.J. Tucker? Where's Draymond Green? Where, where are those guys that take your team and basically you don't have to run a play for them. They're going to defend. They're going to rebound. They're going to brace the roll. They're going to, they're going to play off your great players and make the game easier for you to great players. So uh, I, I think people underestimate the draft. Can I, I've got to get to one thing. I've got to get this off my chest, if you don't mind. And I, and I Shoot, Coach. We're talking to Seth, Seth Greenberg, ESPN basketball analyst on Keyshawn J. Willemax. Shoot, Coach. What do you want to say? Yeah, all right. Like, I'm watching the draft, and I'm watching 19-year-old kids that are, uh, you know, get drafted. All right, and maybe it's in the first round. Uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, at the beginning of the second round. All right, and they look like they're crushed. They look like they're crushed, and I I think we have because they didn't go higher. Because they didn't go higher. Like the NBA is not a rite of passage. The NBA is the most exclusive club in sport. Usually, there's only about forty Americans that are drafted in the NBA. And I think we, we have so much pressure on these young people. And we saw Caleb Swan again who passed the other day and uh, had some mental health issues. We, we've got to stop trying to create an unrealistic expectation. You know, I watched Jaden Hardy, who's going to be a nice player, played in the G League, shot 27% from the three-point line. He was devastated. All right? He got drafted, you know, 37. That means he was, he's projected as one of the top 37 players coming out in the world, instead of celebrating, a lot of these young people, unfortunately, uh, they, 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 there's an expectation. And the expectation is, is, is created by maybe sometimes the people around them, uh, the pressure of the people around them. And it, it hurt me to watch some of these kids come up there and not be excited about the next step. There's a process. It's not a rite of passage. Uh, and that you've got to respect that process. So, I had to get it off my chest because, you know, it, it's unfortunate that, that like, like I'm going to use this young man as, a, as, a, as an example. You know, Jaden Hartley, like, E.J. Liddell was a really good basketball player. Scored 20 points a game in, the, in college basketball. was one of the best players in the Big Ten. He went after him. Kennedy Chandler led K- K- uh, Tennessee to one of the uh, – uh, an absolutely incredible year. He's an elite, elite potential point guard in the Darius Garland mode. Not that good, but, I mean, a very good player. We've got to stop setting unrealistic expectations and, and, and let these 18 and 19 year old kids understand that it's a lot harder than it looks on TV. Uh, uh, Harry, I'd be interested in your take because you lived it as an athlete. Well, I, I think when we put these expectations on people, I know a lot of people, especially NFL wise, they're just excited to get drafted, right? Whether it's the first round, second round, third round, mm-hmm. seventh round. But then when you get to free agency, a lot of guys aren't upset at being free agents because now you get to pick where you want to go. So I think it might be different in the NFL versus the NBA. 
Because I feel mm. very bad for the kids who can't enjoy it and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Coach, what's your thoughts on the Kyrie Irving situation? That's what the people want to know. Evan, as a matter of fact, <laughs> come in. I know, I know. Sing me a, cry me a river. He drafted 37th, and he's upset when he should be happy. And I, elite, one of the greatest athletes who ever lived, if you ever make it to the NBA and you're not six foot ten. Evan, come, I need your, your help with this. Please explain the whole uh, Kyrie Irving contract situation because I want to get Coach Seth Greenberg's thoughts on the situation, yeah. but I want the details first. Okay, so Kyrie Irving has a trade wish list of teams that he can go to. And it is the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Heat, the Mavericks, and the Sixers. So he wants to be traded to those teams if he can't get a deal with the Nets. So that lets, does he have a no-trade clause? He does not. He has a $5 million trade kicker after he opts in to his player option. And he could waive that $5 million trade kicker that the Nets would have to pay by trading him. He has done this in the past when he went to the Celtics. He waived it to go to the team that he wants. So he doesn't have a no-trade clause, but the Nets would have to pay him $5 million if they traded him to a team that, say, he didn't want to go to. Seth, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, here's my question. Well, obviously, the Knicks cleared a bunch of cap space. They don't have enough space, you know, obviously, to get maybe a Kyrie Irving. But it's real simple. Kyrie says, I want to stay in I want to stay in Brooklyn. I want to stay in Brooklyn. I want to be part of it. I want to be this with KD. KD obviously is his guy. KD ended up there because of Kyrie. And then he gives you a list of teams. It's such a Kyrie thing. Because on the night of the NBA draft, it, it becomes about what? It becomes about Kyrie. The timing so, well, of Kyrie's it. Yeah. A special, although, although special coach, to be, fair, to be fair to Kyrie, the draft, um, uh, it, it uh, precipitates a lot of player movement and stuff and deals. Yeah, conversation. Yeah, and it not does. to mention conversation. So on the one hand, I know what you mean. Like when Carson Wentz released stuff to, I don't want to be here if I can start the day that Jalen Hurts gets his first start. Come on, Wentz. But in this case, there is a certain kind of time sensitivity here, right? Yeah, well, but it's a good time sensitivity. It's not going to change. Yeah, the day of draft, you're looking for trade opportunities. You know, you know, uh, uh, but but that this is a, you know potentially a free agent. It's not like they're going to be a signed trade. Let me ask you guys this: Kyrie Irving, I, tremendous talent. I mean, ridiculous. Uh, one of the most unique talents that's been in the NBA in a long time. All right, he's great. But I mean, like, can you count on him? No, you can't. I mean, and that's not a knock against them. No, we're talking it's about availability. It's, a, it's so weird, Coach, because exactly. you're right. He's he's He'll look for a cause bigger than him to attach himself to. He's injured yeah. a lot, all that. And yet, if it's a game seven or it's a winner-go-home oh, game, or you, you. Uh, that dude got ice water in you. his veins. Like, he's a, he's a killer in the clutch. So, like, it's I, weird. Let me, it's, ask, it's Harry, not... let me ask you this, though. Harry, let me ask you this, because uh, like, that, that sounds great. Uh-huh. And, and I gr- look, I agree with Got everything you said, Max. Mm-hmm. Everything you said. The deal is, all right, the guy picks and chooses. Now, let, let, like, it, you've got to be desperate to have a guy in your locker room, and not that he's not a good teammate, because everyone says he's a good teammate, that you can't count on when you're trying to build a winning culture long-term. I'm going to be a Celtic for life. KD and I, I'm going to go help the Nets, and we're going to figure out who we need. Like, come on, man. But, Coach, I'll I'll say this. Part of this is the Nets' problem because they allow certain things to happen, and it's hard to come back from being the nice guy and trying to be the mean guy versus starting off with tough riddings and then you become nice. The Nets open up this Pandora's box. 
Coach, listen, you're being a little bit of a grumpy old man here. A little bit, Coach. A little no, bit. No, I'm being yes, honest. You're, no, you're Max, being I'm a being little honest, grumpy, Coach, a little you, grumpy. You are, you, first of all, I'm not an old man, Max. Number two is, I mean, I'm being honest. Look, he's a talented I'm player. A coach, if I'm an old dude. man, come on. I'm an old man. I can come. Hey, here's the dude. He can help you win or he can help you get fired. Right. I hear you. If Kyrie Irving's available, everything you said, like just what you said, is right. I agree with everything. Kyrie Irving's available. I'm taking him. Like, like he's just too good. But I hear you, Coach. Look, that is the great Seth Greenberg. I, well, I, I, listen, that's James Steele, our uh, I, very own I, James I, Steele I, music. When when Alan Yates is on the boards, it's hip hop, and when James I, Steele is I, on the boards, we get more of this kind of sound. And James, listen, just the way things worked out because of the pandemic and this and that, and when everyone had to work, James has apparently Harry Douglas. Never, Harry's in for Key and Jay today, Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Never been alone without his wife in the house with his now three children. There they are. It's a little more raucous now already. I see or hear the volume up a little bit, James. What's the update? Joanna, the seven-year-old, Sydney, the five-year-old, Oscar, the three-year-old. What's the update, James? Uh, everyone is awake, mm-hmm. and we're playing Barbies. Oh, that's nice. Did daddy, did daddy give y'all cookies yet? Did daddy give y'all cookies? Yeah, what was for breakfast, kids? Well, ask for cookies. Y'all, he's going to give y'all cookies. You got to make sure you ask for cookies. Tell him I approved of it. What was for breakfast? What was for breakfast? Uh, everyone just woke up. We haven't had breakfast yet. What? Okay. Uh, James, you're going to have to, I don't know. I know you don't know this because usually your wife is around, but you are going to have to feed the children at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have a little bit of experience with that. Yes. So we'll, we'll get some breakfast here at some point. Kids, this is your chance to smuggle some sugar into the day. For some reason, you're allowed to have very sugary things at breakfast. So, you know, as Harry was saying, if you could have anything. Hey, Joanna, if you could have anything for breakfast, what would it be? What would it be? You could have anything for breakfast in the whole wide world. What do you want for breakfast? Anything in the whole wide world. What would it be? Cereal. Cereal. Okay, cereal. so you, listen, fruity, you get all the pebbles, Fruity pebbles. What, what kind of cereals do you keep in the house, James? Uh, I think there's Cheerios. All right. Come on, James. Very healthy uh, and sensible. A, I mean, there's a, it's a sponsor, so that's good, right? Um, that's good. You have any uh, 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 fruity pebbles or cinnamon. cocoa krispies? No, we're not. No one's going to eat the 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 fruity cereal. Okay, so we stand with the health. So we stand with the healthy healthy route. Okay. No, I, I think we have like that. cinnamon toast crunch. All right, that's always I mean, popular. Frosted flakes. Sounds There's like sugary cereal. Breakfast yeah. at James's house sounds like it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> What's at your house, Pat? We're not really a big. We're not really a big breakfast family. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have to, listen, I, every day I wake up with the girls, my girls, I have to figure out, where, in my head I'm thinking, how much protein, carbohydrate, vitamins. Here, take this little vitamin, plus, uh, okay, I'll give, uh, would you eat this egg? What about you? Will you have a piece of cheese? It's like three different breakfasts trying to get them oh, just yeah. to eat stuff. Nobody eats the same thing here. But I'll bet you when mom is in the, in the house, they all eat what, the, what she gives them. Nope. Well, do, it's even worse. Do they love bacon? Uh, Johanna does. The se- my my seven year old. She likes bacon. Okay. Well, I know. I know. Tell Daddy to cook some bacon. The kids yeah. have to eat. James, breakfast James, is the most the important meal of the day. The children bacon. are going to have bacon. to eat I'll at some bacon. point. I like bacon. What else you got planned for today? I don't know. Uh, she never we'll, tries it. We'll probably play outside a little bit. Play outside. Um, okay. Hopefully, ho- yeah. We have a trampoline now. Uh, oh. 
sounds dangerous. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully a nap is in our future. I yeah. would hope. You got one of those trampolines with the nets more... over them, James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Very safe. So you're the most popular family on the block. Anyone who has a trampoline, those new trampolines, my kids won't shut up. How can we go to so-and-so's house because they have a trampoline? But James, who? who yeah, I don't think we're in that. We're not in that realm yet because we. Uh, Joe's the only one in school. So who, who needs to nap? You or the kids? Me. Have you ever been in those? Those are fun. They, man. they never need. You ever been in those? They never Which, what? The trampolines with the nets. Oh yeah, fun as hell. Listen, who will yeah, overthrow James' authority? Oscar is number one because he's the youngest. And Joanna, Joanna, by the way, see, it's good to have someone like, hey, what? Joanna, are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? You know, it's, I think your dad is very lucky because when, when the oldest kid has a personality like you, which seems to be very reasonable and mature, it, it's a good example for the other siblings and it makes life easier for your mom and dad. Are you the calmer one? Are your siblings more wild than you? Yeah. Yeah, see, I can see that. That's right. my, she's my only ally right now. Yeah, so. I can see that. Sydney's too. like, hold well, on now. What are we talking about here? Well, I can see, James, that you have a nice, pretty normally adjusted family, and therefore this segment maybe didn't go as uh, swimmingly as we would like. A little oh, well. more dysfunction maybe would make, spice it up a little bit. So, you know, but Usually there's more chaos. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I think that if you just... Uh, you know, keep uh, starving them. Like, don't give them food. Maybe eventually this, this uh, uh, segment will spice up a little bit next time we check in. seriously yeah. going to get a knock on the door. Uh, we heard you wasn't feeding Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm going to take that advice. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not going to take that advice. When are you going to – are you getting Thanks, hungry, no. Joanna? You are getting hungry. Tell your dad to If feed mom you. was there, would you have eaten breakfast already, do you suspect? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. What are you doing, Come Mom's on, Mom's better than dad. What's going on? Maybe she is the one who's going to overthrow me. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, uh, very beautiful family, the right, we'll Steele family, ladies right, we're gonna and gentlemen. We're going to go get breakfast. Look at these kids. These are the kind of kids that Ask uh, for cookies. don't give their dad any trouble. You have a lot of nerve complaining about parenting without your wife there with these three angels, James. I hope, I hope things stay this calm. Let's just cross our fingers. I'm more disappointed that this I is the first time that you have been with those kids alone without your wife. I don't no, know. If that's Oscar sh- Oscar, Oscar's shaving already, and it's the first time they've been Over- alone together. <laughs> overnight, overnight. No, we've been there. Like I, I take them places by myself. But mm-hmm. like Lisa's gone for like the weekend. She won't be back until late on Sunday. So, so, so you. Like, this is the first time. It's an extended overnight. Well, that's. I'm still. I know the feeling though. It feels like there's. It feels like. You, it feels like the dad doesn't have any parental supervision when the mom is gone. Right. Yes. It feels like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just no, there's no, there's no reinforcements now, right? Who's gonna like, babysit just... you, James? That's the question. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. Don't you I grab don't that can, James? Keep well, that can in the cooler. We check back in with the Steele family, no. and there it is. Good, good job, Joanna. You're holding it all together. I can see that. Very good. Thank you, James. Thank you, Joanna and Oscar. And wait, who's the middle one? Sydney. Sydney. Excellent. Sydney. Make, make Daddy have a tea party with y'all. Keyshawn J. Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune into an NL battle Sunday as the Braves host the Dodgers. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, and at 7 p.m. on ESPN. All right, speaking of children, how did Cooper Manning's kid turn into the best Manning? He's the best one, apparently, right? Yeah. Is he going to be better than, better than Peyton? Peyton's one of the greatest players of all time. Next on ESPN Radio.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Which quarterback in the NFL does less with more than Dak Prescott? Now throw your hands up in the sky. <laughs> what happened? Are we on or not? Now we're on. Okay. I hear you Which quarterback in the NFL does less with more than Dak Prescott? 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. We had one very good caller say Baker Mayfield we weren't even thinking Baker because he's not really a starter anymore at least not until Seattle picks him up you know that'll happen pretty soon (laughs) but yeah I would say that's fair to say Baker's done less with more than Dak Prescott although he's been in the league a lot less a lot a lot you know Dak's been in the yeah yeah, Dak's been in league a lot longer and they have the same number of career playoff wins and by the way Dak is in the softer division (laughs) all right Right now, Peter Thamel, ESPN, college football senior writer with us. What's going on, Peter? Max, Harry, how are you guys doing? Doing well this morning. How about yourself, my man? We're doing great. We're doing great. Happy day after Arch Manning Day. Yeah, right, exactly. It's supposed to be the NBA draft, but somehow, how big was it for Texas to get? I mean, like, I can't remember another football prospect who we've been eyeballing since the seventh grade, right? How big was it for Texas to get Arch Manning to commit? I don't think you can overstate the the importance of it uh, for, for a few reasons. One is Texas went 5-7 and seven last year. They lost at home to Kansas, and they lost at Arkansas by 19-21. Uh, it was, it was, they got blown off the field at Arkansas. And for a program – Max, that's going to go to the SEC in 2025. That Arkansas game was a scary barometer. It was, this is, we're three touchdowns away from the middle of the pack in the SEC. So the symbol of Arch Manning's commitment may be more important than the commitment itself because it is the number one player in the country and football's number one family in the country. 
putting their faith in Steve Sarkeesian after a shaky year one as a massive rebuild needs to take hold. Now, credit this to Texas. They've had an awful offensive line for almost a decade. They haven't won a league title since 2009. That's Colt McCoy when they went and played for them in the title, and Colt got hurt in the first half of that game. So the offensive line getting rebuilt is a huge first step. But what Manning does is he makes Texas cool. He makes Texas sexy. I, I expect skill players to start committing there left and right because, of course, people want to play with Arch Manning. So there's, a, there's, just so there's just so many layers to this, but it ultimately comes down to a vote of confidence in Steve Sarkeesian by not only Arch Manning, but essentially by proxy the Manning family. And that allows Texas to change the trajectory and perhaps the pace of the rebuild they're in. So, Pete, we know the Manning name holds and carries a ton of weight. What does that NIL deal look like for Arch Manning? Because we know that's what everybody wants to figure out. What's the NIL right situation? Right now, it looks like mine, Harry. Squat. <laughs> <laughs> the Mannings ran a different kind of recruitment. And they wanted it. Uh, Nelson Stewart, who, who's the longtime coach at Isidore Newman and one of the one of the classiest characters in the, in the high school game, uh, spoke to me for a while about this yesterday. And he said all along that Cooper Manning, Arch's dad, wanted a 1970s style recruitment, which is just a lot different than hats on the table and picking on ESPNU and you know uh, Instagram graphic. I've cut my list to 15 <laughs> that we see today, right? So. It was a as under-publicized as possible, and part of that was that Arch Manning, to our knowledge anyway right now, does not have any NIL deals lined up. Now, trust me, he's going to be okay. Nobody's playing a violin. For, wait, that's for, shocking. For wait, 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 hold on, Pete. Back up for a second. I assumed there was enormous money already there, but nothing has been done yet. Nothing has been done publicly. The family is uh, – and I don't think anything's, I don't think anything's done. Um, in some ways, Max, it's an interesting philosophical question of how much NIL stuff do you do now and how much do you wait? You guys were just talking about Dak Prescott before you had me on, I, I heard, and I got to know Dak reasonably well when he was at uh, Mississippi State. And remember, he was, what, third, fourth-round pick, didn't have a ton of salary um, you know, on his initial deal. And I just remember – Every choice you make to take an endorsement deal early potentially undercuts you late. And, and so in dealing with this first wave of NIL guys, there's the I can take a trading card deal now, but I flood the market for later. So anything you do in the short term before your name is really big and before you've proven it on the field undercuts potentially – you're earning power in the long term. On the other so hand, yeah, Pete, on the other of, hand, Arch has a chance to take generations of his family out of poverty if he with with a good NIL deal. He's yes, certainly in a position yes. where he doesn't have to do anything until they're satisfied that it's perfect, right? Correct. Yeah. And so I think I think most veteran marketers would tell high school and college kids to be patient because the real money comes down the road when you're proven and. Whether you can execute that patience or not, you know, depends on your financial situation. I'm certainly not judging the guys who have taken deals or are taking deals because you just there's a risk reward with everything. But some some quite frankly need it more than others. And 
if, if Arch Manning doesn't need it, there's a, there's an argument to where, all right, we're not going to take, you know, the, the, the local chicken shack in your SEC town. And we're not going to take that stuff now because we're going to wait for the Gatorade, the Coke, the, you know, the, the, the real endorsements to come later. So, um, yeah, but uh, like ultimately, Archman's decision is rooted in that that he doesn't that he doesn't need it. Um, you know, I think that 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 no one has said that, but that I think that's fairly uh, I think that's fairly obvious. And the, but there is there is some wise strategy to uh, you know when you can get a cut that meat commercial down the road. Why uh, you know why take something now in the in the short term? That said. He's projected to be worth millions. I expect him to do some deals when he's at Texas. I, I don't think I don't think they're they're going to be um, as judicious going forward. But they wanted Pete a no frills seventy style recruitment, and they got it. Pete, we are right up against it. Thanks a million. We're coming right back on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.